awesome time to be alive and be a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Amen? How many like this, this month, this month of Thanksgiving? I like it. I really like Thanksgiving. I like the, just the thought of it. I like the history of it, of, of Thanksgiving, where we came from. And, uh, and I like to, I, I just, I, I didn't, for years I wasn't a I didn't preach messages um, that were were seasonal messages. I, I just I just didn't do it. I don't know. I don't know if it was rebellion or what it was. But uh, when Christmas or Thanksgiving came around, I, I didn't preach a Thanksgiving type message or a Christmas message a lot of times. And and um, but probably over the last ten years, um, man, I've I've gotten vision from God on preaching things that have to do with, you know, the time of year that we're living in and at the time of, of this year, right now, 2018. And it's the, the month that we celebrate Thanksgiving. And uh, for a lot of years now, I've preached on having a thankful heart and understanding what that is, what it, what it really looks like. And I said this to you last Sunday. We're teaching on it again, but in a little bit different way. I told you last Sunday that none of us in here realize how, how, how important being thankful is. How, I mean, life-changing that a thankful heart becomes. It, it becomes life-changing. Because um, no matter what, no matter how good something is or how bad something is, a thankful heart can, can lead you to a new place. But in the same way, a complaining heart will do the exact same thing. But it'll lead you to the opposite of what Thanksgiving produces. And the Bible's clear. You know, there's a lot of good stories. We're going to read a couple of passages today that have to do with with what, what we're talking about and being thankful. But the Bible's full of stories of people that were ungrateful and unthankful, and it just didn't work well for them. And it's no different today. God's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. And what wasn't good for the children of Israel in the wilderness uh, is not good for you and I today. How many can say amen to that? I mean, I mean, that was a complaining bunch. How many have ever read of the 10 literal miracles that God performed to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage? How many have read, ever read the stories of those amazing miracles, those 10 miracles that Moses performed on, on, by, the, by the, the Spirit of God and the direction of God? He didn't, even want, he didn't want to do it. He said, God, get somebody else to do it. He didn't even want to do it. And, I mean, the miracles that manifested. I mean, literally, those miracles wiped out a rebellious, I mean, literally wiped out a, a, a rebellious ruler and a nation. Just wiped them out. Took them of everything that they had. Everything. All their riches that the, the children of Israel took with them as they left. And they, they the children of Israel... We're on a very short journey to the promises of God. The promises of God were not just the wealth of Egypt. 
The promises of God were a perpetual wealth and blessing and prosperity in a land that flowed with milk and honey, a land that God had given to them. And on their journey, God knew they had been in bondage. And you know, when you're in bondage, you got to get bondage out of you. And God knew that bondage had to get out of them. So there, there were several things along the way that didn't just happen for them instantaneously because, you know, God's that way with us. We, we want things yesterday, right? God knows if those things come to you yesterday, they destroy you yesterday and you don't make it into tomorrow. So God has protected you and I and was really protecting the children of Israel from entering into the promised land before they were ready to enter in. And every single thing that happened, you never hear thankfulness and gratefulness. You hear complaining. There wasn't any water in the moment. And the water that there was was horrible. Man, if we just stayed in Egypt, if we could, you know, at least we had bread and water back there. Bread and water? Hmm? They have all the riches. I mean, it's like I heard one guy say this one time. The children of Israel left Egypt with all the riches and no malls to shop in, right? The, the malls weren't going to manifest until they got to the promised land. You know how far they were from the promised land from Egypt? About 11-day journey. 11-day walking, 5 million people journey. About 11 days. And for 40 years... They did this. And you know what? For a good portion of that time, God was just trying, he, he wanted to get their attention. Look, j just realize, I'll, I'll take care of you. Then there was no food for the moment. And, and, you know, God blessed him with food, but it was a repetitive food. It was the same thing every day. You ever gone to a restaurant uh, that you like all the time, and every time you go, you eat the same thing? What if you had to eat that every single day for years? And it never stopped, and it was good stuff, but, it, but, but it, that wasn't God's best. That just came in the form of, you know what? He's going he's gonna to make sure that they don't starve to death. But they were complaining over that. They complained about water again. They complained about protection. They complained. And all along, what God was looking for was, listen, grab your kids' hands, grab your spouse, grab your friends, grab your family members, lift your hands in the air, and begin to thank me for how great I am. That's all he was looking for. God, you're the God that delivered us from Egypt from, from, Egypt, from the 400-plus years of bondage. You delivered us out of that you're the God uh, that has delivered us and will deliver us in this situation. We don't care what it looks like. No matter what it looked like. Complaining after complaining, complaining. I mean. Hmm? About chapter 14, 15, 16, 17 in there of, of uh, Exodus. Man, I mean, those, those, the, the title of those chapters are the chapters of complaint. Because that's all that went on. They did nothing else except Joshua and Caleb. They go into the promised land and they spy it out. Man, they come back with that same dreadful, 
pathetic testimony, 10 of them did, of how big the giants were and how, oh yeah, the, the grapes were huge and, and it looked like a land of prosperity, but man, we were, we, we, we were like grasshoppers in, in, in their sight. You know, we, we, we underestimate, we overestimate them and underestimate ourselves and complain and complain about everything except Joshua and Caleb. And you know what happened? <clears throat> Joshua and Caleb's thankfulness led a nation of young people into the promised land that prospered and advanced for years and years as they served God. After a while, it, it depleted because they got their focus off God. But what Joshua and Caleb led into the promised land, all those 20 years of age and under, what, he led, who they, what they led into the promised land were people that were grateful and thankful and, and had gotten Egypt and, and, and the generational curses of Egypt out of their line and over into gratefulness and thankfulness about how great God was. Not looking at the past. We're not going to look about how, how it could have been back here. We're going to look at where it is today and what the future looks like. Amen? And the Word of God teaches us that, and it shows us that, and that's where we, we have to focus. I can't tell you how vitally important it is in your life that you learn what gratefulness and thankfulness is and how to operate in it. Two verses of Scripture that we've looked at. Um, we started this on a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago. You can go back and listen to all these messages, but... And then this last Sunday, we read the same two foundational scriptures and um, found, first one's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 15. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm sorry. And verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory from our Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 pretty much says the same thing. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. He always leads us in a place of triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in, everything, in, in, in every place. But thanks be to God. Just say that. Be say it again. Be thanks be to God. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We, we, we bless you today. Father, we thank you for what you have done for us. Amen? Today we're so grateful and thankful for all that God has done. You can't thank God enough. You cannot thank God enough. So, as I was talking about the children of Israel, in Psalm 78, and you don't need to turn there, but, but there's, there's, a, there's a word in there that is vital to this whole series. <clears throat> and that word is limitation. 
It says in Psalm 78, it talk, talking about the children of Israel and what they did and all their complaining, is that they limited, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Him. So their actions limited an unlimited God. I'm going to say it like that again. Their actions limited a God that is unlimited. There's no limitations in God's ability at all whatsoever. But our actions can limit what God's unlimited resources can do and accomplish in our life. Our actions. That's why if you learn to stay thankful in every situation, I didn't say be thankful for everything. I said be thankful for God in everything. Not for everything, but in everything. Huge difference. As you develop that and you keep that place in your life, there's no end to what can evolve in your life that in the natural you, your mind may have told you would never happen. Any of you sitting in here today, that thoughts have said that this is never going to happen, this thing is never going to come to pass, this is, you know, some situation that you've believed for. <clears throat> Fabian, would you grab me that water right there, please? Sorry about that. <clears throat> I need to keep my vocal cords watered down. Thank you. You can just keep that. That's my offering to you. <laughs> no. Amen. What was I saying? <clears throat> About you know things that that we think that that in the natural, if you look at, at the natural, you look at the things in the natural as the children of Israel did, that the natural reaction is to complain, to be negative. Just that way. You, you have to you have to develop an attitude of thankfulness that then begins to thank with your mouth when you don't want to. Remember, this isn't based on all circumstances being right, looking good, and being favorable in the moment. What God was looking for in the children of Israel was to get that negativity and the focus they'd had on bondage out of the inside of them and the only way to remove that is to replace it with something else. So to remove the negativity and the, and, and, and the focus on how bad things were or could be, and when they didn't see water, well, at least there was, we, they gave us a cup of water every day in, in Egypt. I mean, that's their first thought. What about the God that did all the different manifestations in Egypt that they saw over and over and over and over again. How, how that the Spirit of God and the blood of the Lamb over the doorpost caused the Spirit of death to move over all of their children, all of their families. Didn't touch them. He can't produce a cup of water for you? But that's what looking at the natural produces. And that's what all they, had been, all they had been looking at all their life 
setting their hand to the grindstone and laboring for someone else and just making it day in and day out and all along complaining, where is God, where is God? Then God shows up. And one thing doesn't happen, where's God? See, they've been trained that way. You know, I've been trained in in the society here, in this world, we've been trained to be negative, to think negative. People, you can ask somebody how to get somewhere, you know, and, and people will even give you negative responses to directions. You know, go down to the fourth stoplight. Well, why don't you say go to the fourth go light? Because it sounds stupid. Right? It's a stoplight. Who said? Right? Who said it's a stoplight? Somebody ingrained that into our thinking. I mean, I'm just, it's a stupid little point, but I'm just making a point. These kind of negative things have been ingrained in us, and the only thing that will deliver you is a thankful heart. The only thing. And the Bible is full of it. The Bible is full of what thanksgiving and thankfulness has produced. A grateful heart, a grateful attitude. Um, I shared with you, I'm going to read, I'm going to read to you two passages of scripture in a moment, but I'm going to read one more verse uh, before I read that. But I read to you, actually, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. Paul said here, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. What's interesting about this verse is <clears throat> the word the word thank there in the Greek is the word cherish, C-H-A-R-I-S. If you look up those words like in a Strong's Concordance, it's number 5485. You can look at it for yourself. But that word thank there and the word grace are the exact same word, and it's throughout all, most of, and not every single time, but 95% of the time in the New Testament, the word thank and the word grace, or the word thankful and the word grace, is the exact same word. Grace and thanks are the same word. So let's read this verse of Scripture two different times, two different ways. I thank my God always concerning you for the thanks of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. I grace my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. So you can interchange, you know, in in, uh, two different ways there. One time the word doesn't fit in our head. But if you define the word, it's the exact same word, but it doesn't fit. But there's many times that you see the word grace and you can replace it with the word thanks and it'll fit every, t- every single time. And you're going to see that in two passages in the New Testament that I'm going to read to you today. I- I'm telling you today that you 
can break out of anything in your life, I don't care what it is, with thanksgiving. I'm going to say it again. You can break out of anything in your life with thanksgiving. Now, I don't care what it is. It's a financial situation in your life. It's a marital situation in your life. It's, a, it's another family situation. It's a work situation. Uh, it, it's a vision situation in your life. I, I don't care what it is. There's not anything you cannot break out of with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now, the reciprocal of that proves that. Because we've all been complainers. Okay? And in our complaining and ungratefulness about things, you get what you complain about. So that's proven it. And, and on the other side of it, if you learn to thank your way through things, remember, you're not thanking God for things, for everything. You're thanking God for how great He is in the midst of what you face. Huge difference. Drive that down inside of you like you've never had it before. I'm going to say it again. You're not thanking God. You know, your, your dog got run over by a car. Well, I just thank you that my dog got run over. No. Or some bad thing happened. Lord, I just thank you for that bad thing. No, you're not thanking God for the bad thing. When something happens that you know doesn't line up with the will of God, you begin to thank God that he's still God, and it doesn't matter what it looks like, what appeared to be a certain way here, it's going to change as I begin to thank him. Amen? And I put my, those words in my mouth every single day. Every day. Throughout the day. Constantly. And I just tell you what, you start developing that, you take one day of vacation from it, and you can tell. Yeah. Oh, man, you can tell. You've been thinking, you're developing this, and you work on it for about six months, and you start developing it, and then all of a sudden, one afternoon, you just decide where you used to thank God for something or whatever, well, you know. I'm just tired. Man, I tell you what, that tiredness will lead into something else and something else and something else. And you find yourself over time getting back in that negative flow, that complaining attitude, you know, looking for opportunities to complain and then reaping the harvest of that complaining. Just go read about the children of Israel. They reap the harvest of their mouths. I, I heard a guy one time say, that it was God's will for the children of Israel to die in the wilderness. And the scripture is clear. He led them out of Egypt to lead them into the promised land. He led them out to lead them in. I'm going to say it again. He led them out to lead them in. He, his, his whole concept surrounding your life is to lead you out of where you've been with no revelation, leading you into everything that he has for you as you get revelation and begin to thank him for it. There's no limitations. And yet they limited the no limitation God because of their ungratefulness and lack of thanksgiving. You and I have some power, man. 
I'm telling you what, God's given us some authority. God's given you and I the authority to limit him. Well, God will just do whatever he wants. Not what he said. <laughs> That's not what he said. he said. He said the earth is his and the fullness of it, but he gave authority to the sons of men. Psalm 115, go read it. Psalm 115, go read it. The earth is his and the fullness of it. But he gave us the authority in the earth. So he will not override and supersede our authority in the earth. There's a lot of questions. You ever, do you have any friends? I have friends that ask me the most difficult questions. They don't serve God, but they want God. But they're not ready for my God. They're not ready for it. They will, they will be. I mean, I've had a lot of them on, on the leash for years, and then they come in. See, but they ask me the tough questions. I mean, the tough ones. Yeah, but what about this situation? And what about that? And what about, what, what, you know, why would God do this? And why would God do that? You know? And a lot of times, you know, I, I'll, I'll give them... I'll start off and I'll give them a little bit of an answer. Yeah, but they, then they have a comeback. And I say, yeah, but you know, you, you've got all the answers to that. I say, I, but, but, I'll, but I'll always say, that's not the God I serve. He doesn't do those kind of things. And one day when you want to know my God, we'll talk, we'll talk on that level. And I'm not talking about like I'm saying I'm up here and he, he, and he doesn't have, like one guy I'm thinking about right now, he has no revelation at all. See, but he's got enough information to cause a lot of trouble. And God wants you and I to be convinced that there's not anything in life that can't be overcome, that, that can't be overcome with a grateful heart. I mean, is that, is that absolutely true or is it not? Think it through. Think it through. Amen? So, my two passages. <clears throat> Second Corinthians. They're both in Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 4, starting with verse 8. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 8. What are we talking about? About grace. These last two passages... We're going to look at grace and thanksgiving and how you can't be thankful without grace. The Bible says, but for the grace of God, I am what I am, Paul said. I say it today. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I'm nothing that I'm nothing. I have absolutely nothing but for the grace of God. But because of the grace of God, I'm empowered. I have authority because of what he did. I have that. My faith is in the fact that he overcame. My faith is in the fact that the grace of God was enough. The Bible says in, in Romans that through one man's sin, Adam, all the destruction set in in the earth, but through one man's obe act of obedience, Jesus Christ, we are all liberated and free. That's the grace of God. 
When I have faith that what he did is enough, then, man, I can thank him. Man, I can, I can let this go and that go. I don't care what that looks like today because what it looks like today is not the end result. And that's what we're going to read right here. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Notice, he starts out in these statements, there's, there's about five of them here, but he starts out in these statements about how bad something can be, but his main focus is on where we're really at. So, I'm going to read these, and then I'm going to just read the end result, okay? So, he said, he said um, verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. The focus is on what the life of Jesus accomplished. What is that? That's the grace of God. What we didn't deserve, we got. And now the focus is not on the fact that we didn't deserve it. The focus is on the fact that, bless God, it's mine and I'm taking it. So he said, I'm not crushed, I'm not in despair, I'm not forsaken, I'm not destroyed. Why? Because what I'm caring about in my body day to day is when I feel like I could be destroyed, I'm not thanking God for the feeling the way I feel. I'm thanking God in the midst of what I feel, and I will not be destroyed because he said I won't. When I, when I feel under the pressure of something in life, he said it doesn't matter the pressure that you feel. You're not cast down. I'm not cast down. So in the midst of pressure situations, I'm going to thank God in the midst of it and watch the deliverance come. Most people don't know whether it'll come or not. Well, I, you know, that sounds good, but I'm just not sure. What do you have to lose? Give it a shot. Huh? Uh, give it two weeks. I mean, does it work that simply? There's not anything in the kingdom that is not simple. I didn't say it's easy. But there's nothing in the kingdom that is not simple. Everything in God is simple. Children of Israel come out of Egypt. 11-day journey. Hmm? Hey, GPS. We know exactly where to go. Where they thought they were going, they weren't going. They didn't go the easy route. They went on the GPS route. You ever, you ever clicked on a different route on GPS and you're thinking, why did they take me this way? And they're out there thinking, why is God taking me? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why you're going this way. It doesn't matter why something has taken some time in your life. It doesn't matter that things have seemed to be coming against you. And it doesn't matter. He said, no matter what happens, you'll never be down and out if you learn to rejoice. If we learn to rejoice. Now watch. He says all that. Verse 11. Actually. Verse 12. 
So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, that thanksgiving, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse 15 again. I'm going to read it this way. For all things are for your sakes, that the grace there, which is thanksgiving, for all things are for your sake. So the pressure, the attacks, the things that come at you, the things you don't understand, they're for your sake. Why? Because I'm the example to the world that what Jesus did will really work. How many people have you ever met that just read something that Jesus did and they just believed it? Well, I just believe the whole Bible. That's, tr that's true. You know what? I I've, I've heard about three messages and I believe it all. No, they got to see some results. So all the things that you deal with or you walk through or you face in life, they're for your sake. And what are they to do? They're to create this thanksgiving that he talks about right here. He said, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, or let's put thankfulness, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Because when you are in a difficult time and you thank your way through that situation, you give glory to yourself? No, you give glory to God. When everything you've done in life you think is because of you, pfft, sorry, you've overestimated yourself just a tad. But for the grace of God, you'd be nothing. I mean, you know what? That, that sounds kind of harsh or whatever, you know, but I mean, accept it. Huh? Just accept it. But you know what? I don't walk around thinking and telling everybody, you know what? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm worthless. I'm a piece of whatever. I don't tell people that. No. I'm worthless without him, but with him I can do all things and I am everything he says I am. So the stuff you deal with is, is for your sake to be exalted. God wants to exalt you and lift you high in situations where you've never been lifted before. God wants to take you to places you never, I mean, your mind hadn't even, even dreamt there. No matter how many dreams you've ever had in your life, God's dreamt and his thinking about you is far beyond that. According, uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, according to the power that's working in you. What power? The power of thanksgiving. The power of giving glory to God. Watch what he said in these next two verses. Therefore. Therefore what? Therefore, because you're learning how to thank him, don't lose heart. Even though your outward man is perishing, yet your inward man is being renewed day by day. Wait, you know what? Just a, this, is, this is just free. Um, but, you know, you ever looked in the mirror and think, oh, I'm just getting old and I, uh, my, my, my best days are past. Or, you know, uh, because, you see, you could be 25 and think your best days are past you. 
Why? Because you're looking at 15-year-olds. Get your eyes off of 15-year-olds and get your focus on God. No, notice that that's exactly what he said. Even though your outward man is perishing. Why did he say that? Because it is. Your outward man is, is, is perishing, okay? And yet, and yet, the Word of God will quicken your outward man and keep you from perishing. <laughs> I mean, it just does. And, and, where does, what, and, and what's the key to all that? Is in, in the midst of that, taking that word and thanking God for how great he is in every situation. And that gratefulness empowering you, causing you to be on top and not underneath in every situation. Dang. Come on. Huh? He said, he said watch this. All those things he just talked about. Remember, the, remember up there in, in, in verse 8? Um, he said... Uh, we're hard-pressed, uh, we're perplexed, uh, persecuted. These are the, the negative ends of it. Um, uh, persecuted, uh, uh, struck down, all those different kinds of things. So, you know, he, he listed those, but now in verse 17 he says, For our light affliction, these are just light afflictions. Remember, who are they for? They're for my sake. They're for my sake to do what? To elevate me, to exalt me, because he said when we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, he exalts us in the proper time. I promise you, God's in the, God's in the business of making you look good. But you just have to do it his way. Grateful and thankful is God's way. <clears throat> I used to... I did something years ago, and then I challenged the church, and I've done it about three, or, I don't know, two, three, four times, something. But because uh, I heard it from someone else, probably 25 or 30 years ago, I heard this from someone else. And they said, start writing down, go 30 days, and write down every time you say a negative thing about anybody. Or you say, or, or you're ungrateful about any situation or, or anything. Just write it down. And when I heard that, I thought, well, you know, that guy's an ungrateful cuss, I'm sure, you know. And, uh, you know, a guy like me, who's always grateful about everything, wouldn't have anything to write down. I mean, I had pages. I was shocked at how ungrateful and unthankful things just, I'm just talking about just anything, any little thing. You don't realize how, how we're connected to this ungrateful, ungodly society that wants everything to be negative. I'm just telling you right now, in the world that you're framing with the Word of God, your world, it's a good world. Man, it's a good world. There's crap going on out there, but all that crap out there will change progressively as we become more thankful and we help people change one person at a time. That's why it's for our benefit. So this whole thing is for my sake. It's for your sake. So that we can be used by God to help other people elevate. Get free of all this complaining and ungrateful stuff. But he calls these things we go through as light afflictions. He said, for your light affliction is but for a moment. Light afflictions for a moment. Hmm? When you've gone through something for a year, God calls it light and a moment. When you've gone through something for five years, God calls it light and a moment. <laughs> Watch. It'll become this way to you too when you do this. For our light affliction, but is for a moment, is working for us a far more, 
far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we don't look at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? They're temporary. They're subject to change. But the things which are not seen are what? They're eternal. They work always. Work always. If you're trying to get, you're trying to stay in an ungrateful state, you hear this word right here and it makes you mad and you get frustrated and you think to yourself, you know, okay, so stay there and watch how ungratefulness produces for you. But I challenge you, take 30 days and could your whole life change in 30 days? Get a calendar, mark it, put an X on it every day, every day. I'm going to write down all the ungrateful, un-whatever things that I do and say and, and whatever, you know. I, I, you know, when I heard the, the first time I ever heard that guy talk about that, I thought, how, how stupid, you know. But it liberated me, and it's been liberating me ever since, and it's still liberating me, and thankfulness will liberate you for the rest of your life. It'll liberate you. Can you say amen? While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Amen? So the thing, the, 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 uh, the light, temporary affliction, but for a moment, is subject to change when you start thanking God. Could you start thanking God like right now as you're in the service, you know, and you're just sitting there, well, Father, you know what, that situation... I just thank you in the name of Jesus that your word is true. And I thank you for delivering me from this. And, and what would happen if you left here and it was already changed? I mean, can God's word work like that? See, people with, with too much knowledge and all their faith is in their knowledge about specific things, they can't believe things like this. It's very difficult. So all of us have been in those places at times. And we just got to purpose that I'm going to release myself from my confidence in my knowledge and put my confidence in how great God is in his promises. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9, and we'll end with this. And actually, we'll pick this up again next week. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. And this is the passage we talk about a lot concerning uh, seed time and harvest time. And verse 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his own heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. God is able to make all thankfulness abound toward you. In other words, everything that you're thankful about, God is able to make everything you're thankful about abound toward you. So, if you understand the promises of seed time and harvest time, and you add thankfulness to that, God is able. So you see where we can limit God by sowing a seed and not being thankful. Well, God, I sowed the dumb seed. Well, I should have used it on that bill or something else right there. I could have used it for this or, you know, done this thing or that thing or, you know, bought me a new driver or something. I mean, I could have done this, but I had to give that dumb seed 
No, you've limited the Holy One of Israel and, and you will be an example to other people about how seed time and harvest don't work. That's how important thankfulness is. Father, today the only reason I'm doing this is because you told me. The opportunity was given. I sowed the seed because you told me to sow it. And today I thank you. I thank you for every promise in your word concerning financial giving. I thank you today, Father, as I sow this seed, that it'll come back to me 30, 60, and 100 fold. I thank you, Father, in this life that 100 fold is possible. And today I honor you. And, and as that comes back to me, I'll just keep honoring you and honoring you and honoring you. I mean, I mean, how good can it get to be thankful to God for the things that we do? Right here is a passage that talks about thankfulness. See, for years I read this only looking at the grace being God's unmerited favor, but that grace is that, that spirit and that heart of thankfulness. He said, having all sufficiency in all things, that we have an abundance for every good work. And he said a few other things, and then he says, verse 11, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. He said, while you are, as a result of seed time and harvest time, as a result of thanking God as you release seed time and it produces harvest time, it says here that while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, the reason that God wants us rich, God wants us in living in more than enough, is so that we have liberty to give thanks, but also liberty to do whatever he wants us to do. We're not in bondage. We're not, we're not uh, you know, under the thumb of, of, and the control of government and, and huge debt and all these different things in our life. We're liberated. We're out from underneath that, and that's what it produces. If you've ever been, if you are today in debt in any way, shape, or form, and you desire to come out of that, the best way, the best way, some people think, well, the best way out of that is to sow a seed. Well, it's a good way, but the best way is to begin to thank God I'm debt-free. See, because when you begin to develop that, it, it produces a greater thanksgiving, and in the thanksgiving, it produces revelation and understanding about what you're to do. See, see God's not going to get you out of debt. You know, Federal Reserves aren't going to float out of heaven and get you out of debt when you're, in, when, when you're a frivolous spender. When, 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 you won't, when you won't think about what you're doing and ask God about the things that you spend and that you buy. Because we live in a society that's just told, ah, just charge it, pay it later. Just take care of that and, it'll, and this will happen later. You know, all these things will happen. And we've been, we've been taught to live that kind of way. You know, well, we have to get free of that. And the best place for that to start, the best place, is thanking God. Father, it's not your will for me to be in debt. You said, oh, no man anything but to love them. And I thank you today, Father, today, that even though I see debt today, I'm not moved by what I see, but what I'm moved by is what you've promised me, and you've promised me a debt-free life. Lord, and I thank you for revealing to me what that looks like. And as you hear words like this today, and you hear different things that are taught along that line, or you hear teaching that comes and shows you how to get free of debt and those kind of things, then learn to obey that. And as you obey that, you never stop thanking God because the key to it is, and the key to your success there, is that thankful heart. 
See, because you can get out of debt and get right back in. See, so it's not just getting out of debt's the answer, right? But getting out of debt and remaining out of debt, being free from it and the control of it. God wants you and I to be these people. He said in that verse 11, For you're enriched in everything for all liberality so that you're free, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration, verse 12, I'll end with this. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. I mean, you just hear it, you see it, and you experience a life of thanksgiving to God where you're always thanking God. It's not because of how great that I am. It's how great he is. But you know what? All he wants to talk about is how great you are. I don't get that. He wants to talk about how great I am. He wants to reveal to me all these great things he has planned for my life. He constantly is, that's what, that's what he wants to talk about. Constantly. I don't get that. He's the great one. Why would he want to talk about how great I am? Because he loves us, man. And he sees the potential in your life. And I'm just telling you, I'm telling you in this series that it starts with thankfulness and having a grateful heart. When, when you develop that and you stay with it and you become convinced of it, there's no end to what God will do and, and what will happen.